Well, uh, just a couple of reminders um, about our missions uh, banquet coming up on March 3rd at 4.30 in the banquet hall. And if you see, my wife is setting up tables and some of the ladies are setting up tables out there for each country that we're focusing on. So each week I'll read a little bit or Stacy's going to read a little bit about that. So excited about it. I got a thing called Acts 2 Journey that we, we are going to uh, probably, I'm not sure which night I've decided to do it on, so I want to get some consensus from some of you guys. But basically what it is, it's through the Assemblies of God, and it's to focus on how to reach people outside four walls. But it's a lot of teaching and training. And uh, so if you're interested, let me know. But uh, And I got to pick which day, and I want to pick the right night for us to do this on. But it gives you a self-assessment of your church and the things that you need to do. It gives you the demographics of your area. And so there's a lot of good things involved in that. So uh, I wanted to give an update on that. And then I wanted to say thank you. And I didn't say this to Alan this morning. So Alan, if you're listening, thank you for filling in for me last Wednesday. I didn't feel all that bad. I just had a sore throat and I had tested positive for strep. And so she was treating me for strep. So I didn't want to come here and share it with all of you. So yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so... All right, would you please stand as we go get ready to go to the Lord and worship and, and, uh, and the Word tonight. Father, I am so thankful that we have the privilege to come into your house in freedom and worship you, to give you praise, to come together in fellowship. You said, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. Father, we've come just like in the early church to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, and to prayer and supplication and, and to worship and that's what we're here for tonight. We're here to fellowship with each other and with you, Lord. So we give you the honor, we give you the praise, and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. glory and dance the freedom song every wing around here around his holy name and after you have been here you'll never be the same come on come on to the presence of our God this is where our hope and peace and joy are Searching, come you who are saved. Embrace the gift of mercy, embrace the gift of grace. Enter all ye nations, worship at his throne, and glorify the wonders of Christ and Christ alone. Come on, come on to the presence of our God. This is where our and joy are Come taste and see We've been summoned by the King Enter and place your feet on holy ground Let's sing that one more time Come on, come on To the presence of our God This is where our hope and peace and joy are found 
just Father just move through the sanctuary God Father give us a new revelation of your mercy God Father show us your grace in a new way this evening Lord Father just have your way in this house in the holy name of Jesus we pray Amen So come and consume me is ready, Lord, if I burn, I burn for you, with no hesitation, without reservation, God, if I burn, I burn for you, give me a fresh, fresh fire, give me a fresh, fresh fire. What you desire, I want to burn for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I want to burn for you. Set a place 
There is freedom. 
If you're tired and you are thirsty, there is freedom. If you're tired and you are thirsty, there is freedom. Just give your all to Jesus. Is freedom just give your all to Jesus. There is freedom. Freedom reigns in this place like showers of mercy.
wait in the Lord's presence just for a couple seconds. Come, Holy Spirit, more of your power, more of your anointing, Lord. sometimes we get in a hurry and we want to get into an agenda what we want to do but we yield to you Holy Spirit speak to us Lord speak to our hearts tonight hallelujah more Lord more of your presence sing another song. I just, I don't think God's done yet this, tonight. I'm kind of putting her on the spot, but she's so good at doing this. I appreciate you doing that. Come now is the time to worship if you got the lyrics to that.
Father, one day we're going to confess you. We are confessing you now, but one day all are going to confess you as Lord, whether they're serving you now or not. And we choose this time to worship you and say, come, Lord Jesus. Father, that should be the, the, the prayer of the church that we say, come, Jesus, come. Come, Lord, come in your power, come in your might. Come in the anointing of the Holy Spirit with that dutimous power, that dynamite power, that divine power that can only come from you. Fill us up, Lord, till we're overflowing. Father, you said that you give us life, that you've given us living water bubbling up to eternal life. And Lord, that water's to be shared with others. Lord, that's life, and where we go, we take life with us. Fill us up, Lord, with the power of your Spirit. We need to be open to the move of the Holy Spirit. We need to be open to what he wants to do in our lives. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we, we say yes to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we say yes to you. Forgive us for the times that we've grieved you. We want to see a fresh move of God in our, in our lives, in our church, in our community, in our nation. Bring revival, Lord. Bring revival. Start with us tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. We're not going to use my notes tonight. I want you in your Bibles to go with me to Ezekiel 43. Ezekiel chapter 43. We're going to read the first five verses, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to jump over to Acts chapter 2. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit tonight. I just really feel like God was just laying that on my heart tonight. We'll get back to the book of James. That's the great thing about the Bible. It's still here. We can always get back to it, right? <laughs> so we're in Ezekiel chapter 43. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5, and then we're going to pray. <clears throat> Ezekiel chapter 43, verse 1, it says, The man brought me to the gate facing east, and I saw the glory of God of Israel coming from the east. His voice was like the roar of rushing waters, and the land was radiant with his glory. The vision I saw was the, like the vision I had seen when he came to destroy the city, and like the visions I had seen by the Kibar River, and I fell face down. The glory of the Lord entered the temple through the gate facing east. Then the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, as I want to be obedient to what your spirit is saying tonight, I pray, Father, that you will remind us that you want to fill your temple with your glory and your power. And Lord, we know this in, in, in the, in, as the Shekinah glory, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would open up our eyes and our hearts to what your word says and speak through me tonight as your vessel. God, we want to see a move of the spirit in our lives. We want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, moved by the Holy Spirit, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Help us to do that tonight. And Lord, again, I get out of the way so that you can speak. Holy Spirit, speak through me what you want to say tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. God was laying this on my heart. Just I thought it was for this morning, but... Um, it just got stronger and stronger tonight. And I want to talk about the glory of the Lord, um, the Holy Spirit. 
You know, we don't hear that a lot anymore. And a lot of, I, I hate to say this, and I, and I, and I hope I'm wrong on it, but I, I don't hear a lot of Pentecostal churches talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit anymore or the infilling of the Holy Spirit or the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need to talk about it. I, but that's why we're called Pentecostal. Uh, Pentecost, all Pentecost means is 50 days after Passover. So you could, I, I've shared this before, but you could call us the 50 years. In this passage of scripture, earlier on in the book of Ezekiel, Israel had departed from God. They had left the Lord. They had worshipped idols. They had apostatized, or, or what we call apostasy. And they left the Lord, and the glory of the Lord left the temple. It literally departed from the temple. Well, in, this, in this, these first five verses, the glory returns to the temple. God returns, and he He's speaking of the time that he would return back into the temple when the people would come out of captivity and start serving him again. And so it's important to know that you and I, and, and we know this in the scriptures, that you and I are not a building, but we are the building of God. This building is where we meet, but you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You've heard me talk about that on Sunday morning. That's in the Bible. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, God would fill the temple. He would come into the building. But now he enters you and I as the temple. And he fills us up. He fills us up where we should be filled with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. <clears throat> Let's look at this a little bit. Here, this man brings him to the gate facing east to understand this this gate is the same gate that Jesus is going to go through the the arabs have actually they blocked off that gate and put a bunch of graves there thinking that Jesus is not going to be able to go he's god he can go through anything <clears throat> god enters through the east and look at his voice his voice is like the roar of rushing waters and the land was radiant with his glory how many of you guys want to reflect the glory of the lord in your life you know, I think of Moses when he went up on, up on the Mount Sinai. And he was before God. He was so radiant that he came down. They told him to put a veil over his face. Guys, I want to be so radiant for Jesus that people tell me, put a veil over your face. It's too bright for me. When people start putting sunglasses on, you know that you're bright. Verse 3, the vision I saw was like the vision I had seen when he came to destroy the city. And like the visions I had seen by the Kibar River, I fell face down. Notice there's a reverence for the move of the Holy Spirit. we got to have reverence for God in the church again. Reverence for his move. I've shared with you and I've seen it. I've witnessed it. Anytime there's a great move of God, there's repentance. The Holy Spirit comes in and he convicts. I know Thomas Harrison, he'll be here in May. He's one of my... Berean school teachers, and he calls me his kid. He calls all of his Berean school teachers his kids. And, uh, but he's going to he come here and speak. But when he was at Broken Arrow and God moved there, they said it was like a slap. It sounded like thunder when God moved. And people ran to the altars in repentance. Look at verse 4. The glory of the Lord entered the temple through the gate facing east. Are we allowing God to enter into our temple? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to mess with our lives? We have to enter him in. We have to receive him. We have to open up the door. As it says in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. In fact, hold your spot here and go with me to Revelation chapter 3. 
These are the seven churches, and this is the church of Laodicea. They thought that they were rich, and they had, they had all the wealth, and they knew God, and he's saying, you're wretched, you're poor, you're not even dressed in white, you're blind, you're naked. He's speaking to one of the churches. Guys, you can have church, but if God's not there, it's not church, it's a social club. And then verse 19, look what he says. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door, knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. The word eat or to come in literally means to dine with. In, in, in those days, they, they would recline. Oftentimes when we see the Last Supper, right, we see this table that's, uh, that you sit up on. and Listen, that, those tables weren't around at that time. They would lay down and recline and rest on the other person's uh, chest. And so it literally means to dine with the Lord, to eat with him, to have supper with him. It's called fellowship. And so he's saying, listen, I'm here at the door, standing at the door and knocking. How many churches does God stand there at the door and knock and say, are you going to let me in? How about the church, us churches that believe in the move of the Holy Spirit? How many of us are allowing the Holy Spirit to move and come in? Or do we have our own agenda? I had an agenda tonight. I had a different message I wanted to speak. But God's in charge. This is his church. This is not my church. This is not your church. This belongs to Jesus. And can I tell you, you're the church, so you belong to Jesus if you're born again, right? He wants you to open the door and allow him to come in. But I think we're afraid. Well, what if it gets weird? Yeah, sometimes it gets weird when the Holy Spirit moves. What if it gets out of hand? You, can I tell you, it gets messy sometimes when the Holy Spirit moves. I think I shared with you about when, when the move, uh, move of the Spirit happened within the vineyard. When John Wimber was up there preaching and Lonnie Frisbee came. And that night, I'm going to share it again so you get to hear the story all over again. But uh, you can go online and still listen to John Wimber's uh, 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 testimony on that you can even still find Lonnie Frisbee talking about that but it's interesting because John said that the Lord had told him about Lonnie Frisbee Lonnie Frisbee had started attending a little bit and and the Lord had told him hey uh, I want you that young man to preach tonight and he said Lord but I've heard about him I don't want him preaching tonight I've heard some weird things about him the Lord said no I want you to ask him to go preach he goes all right so he walked him he goes would you like he was hoping that the guy would say no so he walks up and he says, would you like to preach tonight? And sure, I've been waiting for you to ask me. John goes, oh man. So he said he let the worship service go for a little bit longer that night, hoping that he wouldn't have much time to talk. But how many of us know it only takes a few minutes of the Holy Spirit to move? You don't need somebody to talk the whole time. So finally it was Lonnie's time to get up and he gets up and he grabs the mic and he goes, okay, I, I, the Holy Spirit's done being offended. He's ready to move. How many of you guys want to move with the Holy Spirit? All these young people came to the front. All the people that were traditional, that, that, uh, that kind of got uh, legalistic were sitting in the back. Now I'm not saying all of them were, but some of them were afraid of it. Now all of a sudden he goes, in the, name of the, in the name of the Lord, or I don't remember all the words, but he said, let the Holy Spirit pour out on them and they begin to fall over. Just in waves, whoosh, they just fell over. L listen, the word slain is not in the Bible. Did you know that? Slain in the Spirit. 
We call it slain in spirit. It's because you can't contain the move of God. When God moves, he moves. So they fell down. One fell in front of the mic and he was praying in tongues. And John saw other people grabbing their Bibles and running for the door to run out of there. Listen, it gets messy when the Holy Spirit moves. But when it moves, it changes lives. Let's go back real quick to Ezekiel and then we're going to go over to Acts. Look at verse 5. So God enters into the temple through the east gate. Verse 5, the spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. That's where we get the Shekinah glory. You know, I, I, I've heard people say that they have seen the spirit move before. They've seen a cloud come in. I've, I've been in a service where it moved and people were falling on their faces in repentance. I've seen the move of the Spirit as a kid. That's one thing I, nobody could ever take from me is the experiences and the things that I witnessed as a child. Growing up in the later end of the Jesus movement, seeing people get healed. Do you know why God moved? Because people were hungry for the move of the Spirit. They were tired of just doing church and they wanted relationship. They wanted to see God do mighty things. And I think we get comfortable. We're afraid of what might happen. How many of you guys are scared of what God may do in your life? Let's go over to Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost, again, that's just 50 days past Passover. Now, Pentecost was, a, was, a, uh, was one of the festivals that the Jews would do. And they would take the, the grain and they'd give the first grain offering to the Lord. And they would lift it up. And here's the interesting thing. The rabbis would actually make the shape of a cross when they would do it. And they would offer their first fruits to the Lord. You guys, we're the first fruit of the Lord. An offering unto the Lord. So when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So they're together. They're unified. They're together in one place. We're together in one place. You know, God can move tonight. I've heard stories of people that were so filled with the Holy Spirit, they couldn't even drive home. Suddenly a sound like the, like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Wouldn't that be awesome to hear? It happened. We read about it and we go, oh, can this really happen? Yeah, I've witnessed some things like this. Am I the only one that's done it? Raise your hand if you've seen God move in some mighty ways like that. Verse 3, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. I mean, here's a manifestation not only of wind rushing in and blowing into this house, but they saw tongues of fire resting on top of their heads. Verse 4, all of them, everybody say all, were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and 
Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Christians and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. There it is. There's the weirdness. What's going on here? Man, they're drunk. And that's where some people will take that we're drunk in the Holy Spirit. They take that scripture and they say, we're drunk. In, yeah, how many of you guys have heard that? It was such a move of the Holy Spirit, it looked like they were all drunk. You ever been to a service like that? When was the last time you've experienced that? I want you to think about that. That's a rhetorical question. When was the last time you experienced a move like that? We need to get back to our roots. It's not just about being Pentecostal. It's about being filled with the Holy Spirit. The word filled literally means to be filled to the brim. When I go on a trip, I want to make sure my tank is topped off. Right? You want to make sure you got gas in your, in your tank. Guys, we need to have the gas of the Holy Spirit in our tank to do the things that God's called us to do. Verse 14, then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Now here's the wonderful thing. When the move of the Spirit comes, then comes instruction. This is why this is happening, right? So you, you see a big move of the Spirit, there needs to be some teaching on it. A.J. Seymour, anybody know who A.J. Seymour was? The Sousa Revival. You know, that's still affecting us. We're Pentecostals today because of that. The Parhams. You can go back to the Parhams in Topeka, Kansas. That's our roots. I think sometimes we need to get back to our roots. We're so focused on how our stage looks and, and how black it gets and all the strobe lights and all the beautiful music. All that's good. Some of it's good. I, I have my opinions about some of that. But God can move whether you have lights that are changing or not. A.J. Seymour stuck his head in a box and prayed for days. I mean, how weird would that be if your pastor, me, got up and just put my head in a box? What's going on with pastor today? Did we pick the right guy? He's putting his head in a box. Come on. First of all, A.J. Seymour was African-American. He wasn't accepted by the early church. The Parhams wouldn't even let him in the building. He goes out to California, sticks his head in a box, and God moves. Look at this, verse 15. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. When's the last days? It started when Jesus ascended to heaven. We're still living in the last days. And I believe we're living at the end of the age, which means we need to be filled more and more with the Holy Spirit for the times that we're living in. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Has that promise ended? No, it hasn't. 
It doesn't end until Jesus comes and takes us home. That means we're still living in the last days and we're living on the end of that last days. That means God still wants to pour his spirit out on his church. But the only way it's going to happen is if you're hungry for it. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. When was the last time you knew a son, son or daughter prophesying? Oh, but we can't teach that. That's controversial. Really, it's in the Bible. It's one of the, it's one of the teachings in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Prophecy. How many of you guys are prophesying? How many of you are asking God for that gift? Because it says desire the greater gifts. You guys know who Max Lucado is. 64 years old, he gets finally baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. He kept reading that scripture for two weeks. You can go listen to his podcast on it. He's reading it for two weeks. Desire the greater gifts. So he says, Lord, I want the greater gifts. One day he's just sitting there praying. All of a sudden he begins praying in this other language. He goes, whoa, what's that? How many of you believe that tongues is the physical initial evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit? How many believes in prophecy and words of knowledge and pictures? Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Some of you old men in here, God still wants to give you dreams. I'm not picking on you. Please don't beat me up for calling you old. Right? God wants to still use you. I think of Zachariah and Elizabeth having a baby at their age. I mean, they were past the age of having children. I know many of you would not be wanting to pray for that, right, ladies? <laughs> Look at verse 18. Even on my servants, both men and women, it, I love how he puts in there. It's not just for men, but it's for women, Right? I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Men, women, the Holy Spirit on them and they will prophesy. Then he talks about the end times. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of our Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. Are you desiring the move of the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you making room for the Holy Spirit to move? And then Peter goes on to preach. He says, men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to, to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And with your help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. The same area that, that Peter had denied Jesus three times, he now with the boldness and empowerment of the Holy Spirit preaches a bold message to the same guys that he was afraid of. The Holy Spirit will give you a boldness to preach the gospel like you've never had before. That was one of the signs when John Wimber was struggling with how God moved. And, I, and you remember me telling you this in his testimony. He says that, that whole, all that whole night after God moved in his church, he lost half of his church. I can imagine being a pastor and half your church goes Poop, out the door because of the move of the Spirit. And he said he banged his hand on the, on the desk and he says, God, you ruined my church. And God said, when did it ever become your church? 
So he's struggling with it. He's looking at all the testimonies and looking at past revivals, the Welsh revival, the Great Awakening. Do you know why the Quakers are known as the Quakers? Because the Holy Spirit would come over them and they, they begin to shake. That's why they're called Quakers. When was the last time you quaked for Jesus? <laughs> yeah, amen. They, I didn't know that. Boy, getting ready to eat your meal and you start, the Holy Spirit moves on you and you start quaking. So he preaches the gospel to them. He tells them about Jesus and who Christ is. And then look at verse 37. He gets them preaching the gospel with boldness. Verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles and brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all who, whom the Lord our God will call. And then look what he says, with many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. It's interesting because God comes full circle. At Mount Sinai, do you know how many people they killed that, that uh, uh, set up the, uh, that had rebelled uh, the sons of Korah against uh, Moses? 3,000. And I believe it was on the day of Pentecost. So God comes full circle and now he adds back 3,000. God's a redeeming God. <clears throat> I like that, Brother Mac. He wonders where they got all baptized at. We're going to come back to this chapter 2, but I want you to go over with me to Acts chapter 1. <clears throat> Look at verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Now, this is during the 40 days after he was resurrected from the dead. Jesus is, you know, he appears several times to the disciples before he ascended to heaven. And he says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. I like that word, but wait. How many of us wait for the presence of God to move? But wait for the gift my father promised. Notice he says gift. He uses the word gift here. God gives gifts. A gift is something that you receive. It's something that's given to you and you receive it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to do anything for it. He just gives it to you. How many of y'all give gifts to your kids? Sometimes they don't deserve it, but you give it to them. There have been times I've been in the store and I'm thinking, mm, they don't deserve anything. And I got three little girls, and all they do is a little puppy dog eyes. Even my daughter said that to me the other night. Dad, do you want me to just give you those puppy dog eyes? It didn't work that time, though. You give them a gift. When God gives a gift, he doesn't take it back. Romans eleven twenty nine. For the gifts, of, gifts and calling of God are irrevocable or without repentance. So he says, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? 
He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father is set by his own authority. But you, I love how Jesus does that. He doesn't always answer their question. He just gets to the point of it. He says, but you will receive power. That Remember that word dynamite, dudamus, power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So one of the purposes of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to be a witness for Christ. John Wimber said he knew that it was of God because of the fruit of it. Do you know what happened right after that? Revival broke out in the church and the church grew and people started going door to door and praying for people for healing and salvation and that's how the church started to grow. When it's a real move of God, you don't just feel it up in the church and have a great feeling and move around. You get out and you do things for Jesus. When it's a real move of God, it will motivate you to reach the lost for Christ. It'll give you a boldness to step out. He said they started going door to door. And he, he was shocked by it. And he goes, okay, they're making fun of me, but look what's happening. The church is growing. People are getting saved, filled with the Spirit, healed, set free. Those are the fruits of it. I don't think Satan's in the, in, into the job of healing people. I've never heard of Satan healing anybody. Now, he does counterfeit work, but these people were generally getting healed. We had a, we had a, a, a preacher come one time when I was in Upton at Lighthouse Assembly when I was pastoring there. And I remember asking him, he, he attended a, a uh, he goes, oh yeah, I used to attend the, uh, the Anaheim Vineyard. He was going to school. And he said, I went over to another church, and I'm not going to mention that pastor's name because you all would know him. And he said, I went into that church, and they had people in wheelchairs, and they made spots for them in wheelchairs. That's good. We want to be, you know, we want to be uh, open to that. But he said, I went over to the vineyard, and I saw, I saw crutches and wheelchairs stacked up into the corner with people getting healed. And he said, I had to make a decision. Do I want to go to one where they, they coddle it or do I want to go to the one where God's doing something? This was from this evangelist that came. And I went, yeah, that makes a good point. The problem is, is we want to be comfortable. And when the Holy Spirit moves, we get uncomfortable. Because he starts to deal with our lives. And oftentimes the Holy Spirit will deal with things in your heart before he'll deal with things in the physical or with uh, money, or whatever it is. He likes to deal with the issues of the heart. And when I share all this stuff, I've seen it. Hallelujah. <laughs> you will receive power from God, the Holy Spirit. And he not only comes on you, but he will help you to be a witness to Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem would be like our Long Grove, right? You know where my, I got, I got a spot in Lone Grove. You know where it is? The Grove Mart. I like sparking up communication, talks and uh, talking to people there, you know. I'll go in there to get me a Diet Pepsi, you know, or, and uh, that's formaldehyde, by the way. But anyways, I'll get a Diet Pepsi and uh, get a root beer for my wife and I'll just start, spark up a conversation and witness to people and talk to people and befriend them. That, 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 that's Jerusalem for you and I. It's Lone Grove. If you live in Ardmore, it's Ardmore. Now, for us that live in Long Grove, it'd be Ardmore. For you that live in Ardmore, it'd be Long Grove, right? Where it says, uh, Jerusalem and in all Judea. And Samaria. How many of you guys know what Samaria was? If you were a Jew, you weren't to go into Samaria. Because they were what they called half-breeds. Half Jew, half 
Gentile. And then look, to the ends of the earth. That means wherever you go, you're to be a witness to others. Whether it's at the airport, whether you're in a different state, whether you're traveling. Walmart. They are building Albertsons, so maybe that'll be my new place. I don't know. But he talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. So one of the signs of a church that has been filled with the Spirit is they will be a witness. They will have a desire to reach the lost. Because you know where God's heart is? He wants to reach lost people. That's the heart of God. He doesn't want to see anyone perish, but all come to repentance. We all look at God as uh, this big judgmental God ready to zap everybody. Do you know he really doesn't want to bring judgment? But he has to because he's a just God. He's abounding in love and slow to anger. He wants people to get saved, but he has, to, he has to bring judgment because he's a just God. And if he doesn't, that takes away from his nature. Because he's holy and awesome. But he wants people to come into the kingdom. That's his heart. And he wants you and I to be a part of that. Think about that. We get to be a part of what Jesus does. We often be think it's a burden, but it's not a burden. We're a part of what Christ is doing. Hallelujah. If you've ever led somebody to Jesus, it's exciting. It's contagious. If I want to be addicted to anything, it'll be leading people to Jesus. It's fun. At first, it gets scary sometimes, and there are times I'm not in the mood for doing it, but God always puts me in situations when I'm not in the mood to start talking to somebody. Here's that word uncomfortable again. God wants to use us. So let's go back over here to Acts chapter 2. Now, I've heard people say, I want to be a Acts chapter 2 church again. We need to get, listen, can I tell you, there were a lot of problems in the early church. We read these scriptures and we think everything was hunky-dory. Just go read the book of 1 Corinthians and you'll find out how troubled the church was. They had a lot of troubles too, just like we do. But what we do want to operate in are these things. Look at verse 42. These are signs of a church filled with the Holy Spirit. First of all, they witness. Number two, look at this, verse 42, they devoted themselves. Devotion means you put a passion towards it. It's important to you. If you're devoted to something, you're going to do whatever it takes to get that done, right? How many of you guys have been devoted to a project before? And you wanted to get done and you want to take pride in that work and see what you did. I, I make pins. I, I, my, thankful, my, mom, I, my dad shocked me this Christmas and got me a, a small lathe so I can make pins, you know? You know, a pen, my wife says I say it wrong, I say pen instead of pen. I got to say it the right way, you know, a pen that you write with. But I make them out of wood. And when I do it, I want to do a good job and I take my pride. That's what he's talking about, devotion. And look what they're devoted to, to the apostles' teaching. Now understand, they didn't have the New Testament at this time. They, all they had was the Old Testament. And, and, and then they had the, the teaching of the apostles that was passed down to, to them from Jesus. But you and I have it today. We could call it, we're devoted to the Word of God. How many of you are devoted to the Word of God? To studying it. And you may be, Pastor, I don't know how to study. If you want to learn how to study the Bible, I will show you how to do it. It's not that hard. But they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Look at this, to fellowship. One of the things, again, I shared this morning, and it's true, fellowship within the church is dropping. Every church across the board after COVID was down 
I have some friends up in Washington. Do you know what the excuse was? Well, pastor, I can drink coffee and put my robe on and watch you on TV. Nothing against those that are watching online. If you're physically ill and you can't, I get that. But there's nothing like fellowshipping with other believers. In fact, in Hebrews it says, do not uh, forsake the gathering of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. And he talks about the end times there. In fact, let me see if I can find that while we're sitting here. But it's in Hebrews. Well, somebody can find it for me. I don't remember quite where it's at, but we'll, we'll get it. But here's the thing. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship with one another, to breaking bread and to prayer. Uh, breaking bread is, is not just taking communion. It's also, that's what it means they're taking communion together, but it also means fellowship of eating. Now, I'm, I'm telling you what, if you do church with eating, people will show up. There's something that's, uh, that's popular right now. It's called Dinner Church. Uh, we, we're doing it up in the Northwest. It's, and people will show up just for food. There's something about food and listening to the Word. Maybe they fall asleep. I don't know. But there's nourishment in it. There's fellowship. People like community. How many of you guys like having friends? Nobody likes to be alone. <laughs> I guess it just depends on who it is, right? But, but look at this. So they, they devoted themselves to the word of God, to fellowship with one another, to the breaking of bread, and to what? To prayer. How often do we pray? Where is prayer in our timeline? We talked about that this morning. Prayer is communicating with God, talking to him. And I'm not talking about... You know, you don't have to pray, oh, Lord, you know. Just talk to him. Like I'm talking to you right now. There's times I go out and pray, God, what is going on here? Anybody ever do that? Or thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. There's sometimes I just go out and I don't have nothing else to say, but thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. Boy, it feels like spring. I love spring. My, I, 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 I should have worn my Hawaiian shirt today because I like wearing them because it reminds me of spring and they're comfortable. But spring's, spring's my favorite time of the year. Except for sinuses and allergies. Now look what happened in verse 43. So they devoted themselves. So number one, they, were, they witnessed, right? Number two, there was devotion. Look at verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And you say, well, wait a minute. That's just the apostles. Well, hold your spot here and go with me to Mark 16. Mark chapter 16. Mark 16, look with me in verse 15. <clears throat> Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the good news to, to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those that believe. Raise your hand tonight if you're a believer. Yeah, all of us, right? Okay. So I want you to put your name there. These signs will accompany Marcus who believes. Put your name there. Do you believe it? Do you believe God's word? Look what it says. In my name they will drive out demons. Now that doesn't mean go looking for demons. Demons. But if you encounter one, you have the authority in Christ to rebuke it. 
You have authority in Jesus. We've taught our girls from that. If they get scared, I go in there and I make them stop. Now, I, I should have done that the other night. I'm thankful that I remember that. Thank you, Lord. But you have a nightmare. Go in there and pray and rebuke it in Jesus' name. Teach your kids to do that. Then he says this, in my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. Boy, that's controversial in the church today. Even in Pentecostal churches. Some don't want to teach on it because they're afraid they're going to lose people. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about what the word says. What does God say? They will speak in new what? New tongues. Jesus is saying these are the red words. If Jesus says it, then he means it. That means it can happen. You can get your prayer language. <clears throat> Look at this. They will pick up snakes. Now, don't go pick up deadly snakes. What that means is if you're preaching the gospel like Paul was on the island of Malta and he put his hand into a pile and he came up and a viper bit him, he just shook it off. And they thought that he was going to die and he didn't die and it ended up bringing the whole tribe to Christ. That's what he's talking about there. That doesn't mean go pick up deadly snakes. So don't go looking for a rattlesnake or copperhead and thinking you're going to be okay. That's, that's tempting the Lord. And when they drink deadly poison, you've heard that story I've shared with the missionaries where they fed them that, that vegetable and it was poison and all they did was get hard gas from it. And it ministered to the whole tribe. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. God can use all of us in that. It does, it's not just me, the pastor. Listen, I'm just part of the team. We, we have a tendency to say, okay, the pastor has this ability that I don't have. That's not how it works. Jesus and God's no respecter person. Do we have our part? My job is to equip you. But we're all part of the team. That means you, you can lay hands on the sick and they'll be made well, is what the scripture says. That means you can pray for somebody and they can get healed. We just got to believe what the word says. Now, how God does that and that, the way he works that, I don't know. That's, yeah, that's his will, right? That's the way he does things. But obviously, it says right here in the word, we can do that. So let's go back to Acts, and I'm going to close here. <clears throat> Somewhere, somehow, it took me all the way back to Ezekiel. <laughs> all right, look what here. <clears throat> look at verse 44. Now, there's a reason why they, were, they had everything together and in common and sell their possessions because the persecution was getting ready to break out in the church. Look at verse 44. Acts chapter 2, verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. There's a unity within the church. The, the, the move of the Holy Spirit should bring a unity. Right? Within the body of Christ. That doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. That doesn't mean you're not going to have conflict or issues. But what it does mean is reconciliation, forgiveness, love. All those things that involve the body of Christ. Then look at verse 40, 45. Selling their possessions of good, they gave to anyone as he had need. There's something about giving. You get filled with the Holy Spirit, you want to help other people, right? It gives you a heart of giving. Because you're acting like Jesus, because who's filling you up? Look at verse 46. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. So they got together, they fellowshiped. Man, how many of us believers don't really hang out with each other? 
We meet just on Sunday, and I get it. Life's busy, and we got things going on. This isn't meant for con condemning, because I do the same thing, right? But how many of us fellowship? Man, you know what? I'd like to start potluck once a month. Come on, it's food. Anybody up for that? Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You, you want to see the church grow? Do these things. Devote yourself to those things. But it starts with being open to the move and the feeling of the Holy Spirit. I'm not picking on any Pentecostal charismatic churches, but there's a lot today that, that they have the name, but there's no move of the Holy Spirit. We need to allow God to move. And there are times, yes, our, us pastors need to get out of the way and let God do it. That's, that's sometimes, that's hard. God, am I hearing you right? What are you doing tonight? How are you going to do this? Listen, this is a school of learning. We're all learning together. <clears throat> Man, I just, I could go on all night tonight. But listen, I, I, I want to say this. and I, I feel like God is trying to say something to us. I really do. We need to be open to the move of the Holy Spirit. And it's okay if the whole service goes for moving and let God move. Sometimes God could do more in a person's life than me saying a few words. Now that doesn't mean that I don't preach and there's a balance to all of it, but we need to allow the Holy Spirit to move. We got to be open. And then here's another thing I want to share before we close. I believe that tongues is the physical initial evidence of being baptized in the Spirit. I do. But I also believe that we get so focused on tongues we forget about the other gifts. Did you get that? I didn't say anything wrong. So don't go tell the assemblies of God that I said something wrong. I didn't. And I'm just joking with you guys. You understand that. I know. I love you guys. But listen, we got to be open to the gifts of the Spirit. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was, I was eight years old. Actually, I was seven years old. I turned, I turned eight the next month. It was April 19th, the same day I got saved. My mom's Pentecostal. I'll give you her testimony real quick. 1976, my dad was in the Navy. It just so happens that my dad got stationed in Virginia. God designs everything. I love the way God does things. It just so happens that my dad's aunt, my Aunt Janine, happened to live in Virginia in that same area and was a spirit-filled, uh, empowered woman of God and invited my mom to a place called Faith House. It was a barn that all these young, young, uh, young people could go to. And she comes into the service and she says, I heard them singing in this weird language. They were singing in tongues. And she goes, I want that. She said it was so beautiful. It attracted. And they said, well, you can't have that until you have Jesus in your heart. So they, they, they explained the gospel messenger. She immediately hit the ground in conviction and immediately began to pray in the spirit. So eight years later, I was born in 77. She gets saved in 76. April 19, 1984. <clears throat> you guys know my testimony of my mom praying with my sister in the room. I was out praying, playing with my friend Dean, <clears throat> who, by the way, now is serving the Lord and is attending the Wheatland Assembly of God out in Wyoming. <clears throat> Best friend growing up is serving Jesus. And I, and I go in, and 
The door's cracked, and, and I see my mom praying with my sister. Mom, what are you doing? Well, I'm praying with your sister to get saved. I said, well, I want Jesus in my heart, too. She said, well, you're going to have to wait a little bit. <clears throat> she got done praying with my sister. She didn't accept that day. She wasn't ready. I went in there, and the first thing she said, do you understand sin? I said, yeah, it's fighting with my sister and stealing. You guys heard my stealing stories. <clears throat> She explained to me, you'll be separated from God for all eternity. He explained the whole, I remember the whole conversation. And you're not just making Jesus your Savior, you're making him your Lord. So I asked Christ in my life that day, and she goes, now, now, now you want to receive your prayer language. I'm a kid, I don't know doctrine, I don't know theology. We get so mixed up in our brains. I'm seven years old, she begins to pray for me, and it didn't happen right away. It was a good 15, 20 minutes of her praying. I start shaking, I feel heat, I get light. And I, you know, how do you explain that to a seven-year-old? I said, Mom, what's going on? Don't worry, that's just the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for my mom. She's just praying and next thing you know, my, my mouth starts moving. She didn't explain nothing to me. And, and this is my first, you'll get more dialects as you pray in the spirit, but my first dialogue was, that's what I prayed. I can still pray that. And I fell over in the move of the spirit, and then I started getting pictures. And I still get them. I had one for Alan the other day that was right on for his house. It's not about me, it's about him, but God wants you to operate and move in those gifts. But you need to be open to it. What happens is we get scared. You don't have to be scared. It's the Holy Spirit. I mean, we got these blankets here. What are these blankets for? Well, one, it's to get cold, right? It gets cold in here. I'm hot right now. But if you fall over, what do you do? I haven't seen that done for a while. Now, I could preach on this all night. I would like to see a demonstration if you guys want to stay later. How many of you guys are open to the move of the Holy Spirit tonight? Can, can we just, how many of you guys have a deadline tomorrow? Anybody got to be somewhere? Dennis does. Maybe you'll go, maybe God will give you extra energy. Can we do that? Can we just get before God for a little bit and just see what God does tonight? Maybe you'll get on the, online and people will be going, what's going on at that church? Either two things, don't go there, they're scaring me. Or two, God's moving. Let, let's do that for a little bit. Let, Jesus always taught and then, and then he acted. So how many of you guys are open to the move of the Holy Spirit in your life tonight? Let's just see what God does. I, and, and I'm not going to make you come up. Can we, is there any way we can get a couple worship songs up on the screen? I'm going to invite you up front. Let, let's just take a few moments. It doesn't have to be a long time. God can move in five seconds. He can move in five hours. So let, let's see what God does. How many of you guys are hungry for the presence of God and want to see him move? So,
Oh, oh, oh. 